The Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com from New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's special guest. Deacon Millett of FourAlters.com in the high deserts of California, bringing us today's topic of midwinter magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Kat? Hi, boy. <laughs> we got a lot going on today. This is going to be a very fancy dance to get all of this thing done. So um, I'm going to just uh, start it off by saying we're all still alive. Okay, we got that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was it. That's how we're doing. Um, I just... <laughs> um, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a shorter panel, and we're going to have two uh, reading clients today, and um, so we got a lot to talk about. Um, I do want to jump in with uh, some news, okay? And I'm just going to quickly kind of run this all by you. Um, I have been, you know, more or less convinced by my good friends um, Evan Lionheart and Conjurman Ollie and Deacon Millet that I should be doing a Patreon account where people can, you know, subscribe to whatever it is that I'm doing, support me in advance of things being published, whatever it is that you do with Patreon, right? I mean, you all know what it is or you don't. If you don't, look it up. So I have come up with um, different Patreon um threads. I mean, I can't, I thought at first, I'm just going to call it, you know, everything in my brain. And, but then I thought, (laughs) no, because not everything in my brain is wanted by everybody. So right now I'm having five major ideas and there will be tiers of, of participation. You know, you pay a little buck a month, two bucks a month, three bucks a month, whatever it's going to be for as many of these different threads as you want. So one thread will be all about hoodoo it's just a you know a handful of hoodoo it's what it is it's going to be um root work conjure history um backstories um my personal memoirs of people i've met places i've been things i've done some of the stuff that i never put on lucky mojo because it wasn't you know quote commercial unquote it had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the shop then there's going to be um 
um, a section which is a shout-out to all the old comics fans called Fit to Print. And Fit to Print is a name for a column that I had that ran for years, many, many, many years in the comics world. And it was called Fit to Print because I typeset it myself. And so this will be upcoming chapters or finished chapters of upcoming books. And you can get them. They will be typeset. You'll get them as a little chapter. There they'll be on different books, but they may not be contiguous on the same book. It might be a chapter from one book, a chapter from another book. Anyway, that'll be Fit to Print. Another one I'm working on is called From the Land of Tea. And From the Land of Tea will be a a thing you can subscribe to, a tier you can subscribe to, which will be about um, tea leaf reading, uh, the material culture of fortune-telling cups, and the tea room movement. And it will contain a lot of stuff that is just too much, too much to go onto the Mystic Tea Room website. And so what I'm guaranteeing is it won't go onto the Mystic Tea Room website for a certain amount of time. I mean, you're getting an advanced look maybe in one year, maybe in six months. I haven't decided it'll go up on the Mystic Tea Room, but possibly in edited form. And then there's another one that's going to be called Your Weight and Fate. And weight is spelled W-A-T-E because it's named after a scale that I own, which is a penny scale, the kind that used to stand out on the sidewalks in front of dime stores and cafes that said your weight and fate, character readings, your future, American Scale Company. And so your weight and fate is going to be a, a thread about the digitization of my rather eccentric collection of fortune-telling devices of the 19th and 20th centuries. I just, well, it just that's a mouthful, isn't it, folks? He's like, what? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Your weight and fate, material culture of fortune telling. And the last one will be our old favorite, um, the Lucky W Amulet Archive, which is the material culture of beneficent synchronicity. These are good luck charms. And I have um, kind of been neglecting the Lucky Mojo uh, Amulet Archive while I did Lucky Mojo for so many years, but it's back, folks. Where there's so much. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's endless. And um, so that's it. And you can subscribe starting January 1st. We'll start introducing some of this. I'm all, all to Evan Lionheart. Okay. So um, I hope that Evan has put through the little logos for the two of them. Um, I don't know ah, if he did or not. One second. Um, and uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, so these little logos are you know we've got you know we got them going on here. You don't have to subscribe to all of them. So the idea is you just can subscribe to as many of these as you want to, and each of them you know you just your dollars add up. My hope is that I will be able to make enough from these Patreon followers that I'll be able to do a lot more of this kind of work, and um, and not feel like I'm just depleting my time with no return, especially because, as I've told everybody, I do kind of hope to sell the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at some point, and so um, Patreon is coming in January. So that's my news, and um, and there you go. Um, and uh, readings by Evan says, "Bear with." <laughs> okay, we'll bear with you. You have to find the, the you have to find the exact URL because they won't be able to see it. Otherwise, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, means you have to go in. You have to be logged in. You have to da 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 da. So or yes, you can my coffee is still uh, warming me up. Sorry. 
<laughs> you, have, you can also just go to the mystictearoom.com if someone types that in and scroll to the bottom of the page. And there you will see the logos for the um, from the land of tea and the logo for Mere Weight and Fate. So that's what I'm hoping that people oh, gotcha. will do. Someone type that in. All right, I'm going to have to type it in. My gosh. All right, so Ali, what's up with you? <laughs> well, first, I have to say I'm very excited um, that the Patreon has been launching. I know a bunch of us have been pushing you to do so, um, not just because uh, we think it's it's super important to, for compensation for for all this great information, but also because this offers a chance for people to have access to really unique unique and and uh, forms of knowledge, unique forms of information, stuff you really can't find elsewhere. So this is super fantastic. I love the direction that this is going. And it's also great to build community, right? You get a group of people who are genuinely interested in learning together. So I'm excited and very much looking forward to, to seeing them launch. You know I'll be subscribing for sure. <laughs> so you can well, you know, now we're going to – I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on you for just a second, Ollie. Ollie, you also have a Patreon um, stream, but it's not so completely connected to what you do here at this radio show. Why don't you tell mm-hmm. us about that? No, I, I'm I. It's completely academic, so it's not uh, related to to the stuff that I do here. But I, I am a big proponent of Patreon for that very reason. It's a great way to get work out there. It's a great way to connect with an audience, but also really kind of build a community around certain interests. I mean, we're, we're entering into this really fascinating, cool era where niche interests are becoming. Uh, accessible. There was a time where if you had a niche interest in something, or you had a hobby, or you had some particular focus, it was really hard to find like-minded people. The internet changed that, but now we're really living in that golden golden era of it. And I do want to mention that, that part of this is, and I don't want to uh, take too much of our uh, conversation time up, but I do want to mention that we're coming up on, on a significant moment. So this past week was wild. If anyone was paying attention, you had the we had the eclipse that happened, right? That was the first big hit. Now we have the great conjunction upon us next tomorrow. The actual ingress was yesterday, but the tomorrow is the actual exact moment of uh, the great conjunction, and we are entering into the age of air for 240 years, and you are already seeing the effects of it everywhere. And how strange was it that at the same time that the Great Conjunction is happening, in traditional medieval astrology, this meant the end of empires, the collapse of nations, the rise of world conquerors, the Timur, the, the, the Lang the, uh, came with the Great Conjunction, right? People quite famously forget that the Timurids were born under the Great Conjunction. At the same time it's happening, you've got the dictator-in-chief talking about martial law. So we are really living in some funky, funky weather. So I think this topic that Deacon Miller has brought to us where the winter solstice and the Great Conjunction are happening at the same time is so perfect. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Well, yeah, this is going to be, I mean, we've been talking about this. You know, people talk about, oh, my God, my astrology for today. And um, when did we start, Ali? It was mm, a long time ago. Uh, Almost almost a year. Yeah, around July of last year is when we brought it up and then really dove in January, March of this year. In fact, we, both of us, 
used the great conjunction to point out that Trump was going to lose. No president wins in an election year when there's a great conjunction. It just doesn't happen. It transfers power. Right. So um, we've been we've been really um, talking about this a long time, and people are like, "But it's still happening." I thought it was over. It's still <laughs> happening. But you have to understand that the large planets, um, uh, particularly Jupiter and Saturn, and the distant planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which are not so large and may not mm-hmm. all be planets, whatever they are. Um, they move very slowly, and we're still going through this thing. Now, let's talk about um, the Great Conjunction. Right now, they're marketing it as the Christmas star on Google News Feeds. How stupid. <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> you just want to shoot them. I mean, you know, it's no, it's not the Christmas star. It's the fucking Great Conjunction. conjunction. Isn't that enough? Yeah. Isn't it enough? Yeah. But no, <laughs> they want it to be the Christmas star. Well, it just shows the hegemony of Christianity, I guess. Um, but um, yeah. we could call it the solstice star. Yep. We could call it um, the New Year's star. We could call it anything because it's happening so slowly that when astronomers look at these things and they measure them in like little micro milliseconds of movement, people just look at them and going. It's stuck. It's there they are, and they're stuck there, and they're going to be that way for weeks, and then they're going to move apart, right? Hey, have they moved a little bit? You know, um, so what happens with this? Um, I, I always remember Yates. When Jupiter and Saturn meet, oh, what a crop of mummy wheat. And um, mummy wheat being the, the wheat that was supposedly in the old sarcophaguses of the old mummies, and... Um, was able to sprout. And so this brings things up from the past. And now, mm-hmm. bringing things up from the past, we do need to bring in our lovely, happy guest, Deacon Millet. Welcome. Always glad to have you. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you. It's a good way, good way to finish the year. Um, and uh, I, I think that, I think Kepler is at fault for the, the Christmas star yes. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he came up with that whole maybe the star of Bethlehem was was Saturn conjunct Jupiter. Um, yeah. But we know that all. Um, so the other thing that didn't get mentioned, just to, I, I'm very excited about this change. Even though I have five planets and Earth signs, I'm exhausted. Um, I'm ready to. <laughs> To, to move into the air signs as soon as possible. I've had enough. Um, we've, we've just been too physically focused for too long. It's great to be on a show with all Earth people um, to, to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I, you know, it's just like, wow, can we get away from structure and money and, and burning oil and just, just all this Earth and let's let's get a little bit um, thoughtful and um, work on some true innovative, inventive technological solutions that embrace our commonality and bring us all um, into a into a gentler place. Um, I I always think of of Saturn as the stern kind of disciplinarian father. Mm and Jupiter mm-hmm. as the Santa Claus father, the, the happy, 
laughing and bothered. <laughs> That's and good. So when, we, when we bring them together, we've got you know we've got the full full gamut. Um, and even though they don't seem to to mesh well, um, it is the moment of regime change is when they they come together in the mm-hmm. sky, and this is a big one. We haven't seen anything like this since the Middle Ages um, in terms of visually. Um, so, in fact, well, I just have to I just have to throw in something. I see them as Santa Claus and Krampus. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Because Krampus has goat horns. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's brilliant. And in fact that yeah. may have have an element of truth there in terms mm-hmm. of mythological centrality. Um I of course the the most famous picture of Kronos he's eating his children. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so. yeah. Oh you yeah. said yeah. oh Kronos. No, I'm saying Krampus. Well, no. Right. No, I'm uh, just mm-hmm. saying Saying these darker images. Oh yes, for Kronos. Saturn. I see. Oh, Kron- oh right. Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. Kronos eating his children, and Krampus taking the children in the basket. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Very nice. Very nice. Damn. <laughs> Write an essay on it. You you got something there. Yeah, I like that. And of course, um, well, Jupiter is jolly old Saint Nick. You know, saving the children yeah. from the pickle barrel. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so the the one thing that that any of uh, end of the year um, astrology hasn't mentioned that I feel compelled to point out too is on the 23rd we've got Mars square Pluto mm, and yeah. you know I do not want to see what gets made of that yeah, um, yeah. these times are too violent for you know Mars square Pluto, so we'll just, it's a good, it is a good time to stay inside. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. good time. <laughs> you know, yes. um, for for those of, for those of you who don't have a list of keywords popping out of your head right now, Mars square or Pluto, ah, um, Mars rules the head, infections, um, inflammations. Mm-hmm. It can also be metal, uh, including railroads, airplanes, cars, Boats, mm-hmm. um, whatever boats and trains, <laughs> and uh, and it is um, a square, which means conflict, 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 anger, uh, war, and conflict, and then it's Pluto. Pluto is just cold death. So we're in the winter now. We're going to have you know like a, a trains derailing in the snow, or we're going to have um, people fighting in the streets, or we're going to have an awful lot of infections that lead to death. Infections leading mm-hmm. to death is a real common fallout from Mars square Pluto. Not a good sign at all. And it and uh, people who are born with it must guard against infections their entire lives mm-hmm. because they have a tendency to develop high fevers and die. So there you go. Mars square Pluto. So what else is in y'all's thoughts on all this, what are you, what are you each anticipating from the coming air time, so to speak? Well, for me, it's personal because I have my moon in Aquarius, mm-hmm. so um, it's moving into Aquarius. Uh, you know, Jupiter will outstrip Saturn and it'll be gone, but my my moon is in um, eleven fifty nine Aquarius or something like that. So it's you know. 
the Jupiter will be nice, the Saturn not so. And the reason is, on my chart, I have Saturn conjunct Pluto in Leo opposed to my moon in Aquarius. So for me... Yeah, not so good. So for me, this is, I mean, Jupiter, thank God, Jupiter's, you know, leading the parade, but it's not a great parade. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to a little bit of trouble there, and it'll be emotional, and um, mm-hmm. and it'll be concerning old age. I mean, I'm 73. It's, you know, I don't expect that I'm going to die on this, out of this particular aspect, because my moon is actually at the midheaven, and it's very nicely aspected. It's in the ninth house, you know, so I'm, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll make it, yeah. but it's not a fun. It's not fun for me. But that's just me personally. Okay. Yeah. How about yeah. how about you, Ollie? What do you think's coming up with all this stuff going through Aquarius? Well, I I'm I use traditional mundane astrology. So what I'll do is I'll just mention the stuff I already said at the beginning of the year and last year. Some of which have already come to pass, and some are going to come to pass. The traditional interpretation of the Jupiter-Saturn uh, conjunction Aquarius was already linked to disease. It was the traditional sign of the Black Plague. The famed Jewish astrologer Ben Gershon actually used the last Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius to predict the Black Plague. He saw it. He goes, "This means that there's going to be a plague," and then a few decades later a plague actually happened. So it's, that's the traditional interpretation. But then when you have a grand mutation, that is where it shifts from Earth into the element of air, uh, this is the 240-year cycle, it generally does indicate a shift in the global center of the world. We are watching and we're going to live in, over the next 200 years through the end of the United States as an imperial power. We're going to move away from a single center of the world, a single unilateral power, superpower to multiple regional powers, and I've mentioned this before. So fragmentation, atomization are all very real. We're going to see the emergence of uh, technology, this technology that's going to really draw us together in terms of communication, even as our politics separate us. So we are living in that tension. That's the Saturn, that's the Jupiter, where Somehow our technology is going to be like, hey, let's all come together. Let's chat on Skype and Zoom and whatnot. But while we're connected to people thousands and thousands of miles away, our politics are going to divide up into these regional factions. So uh, more usurpations, far more uh, rebellions, far more uprisings are all ahead of us, even as we make massive technological jumps. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you know, there's a there is so much um to consider about this because I think when people make very large predictions like you just did, um and those who listen go, but do they ever come true? And the answer is yes, they do. And this mm-hmm. one has been um a very um as you said, it's a mundane astrology thing. This one is so massive and it, it, it's not just about what it does to any one person. It really mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. Um, how I about you, Deacon Millet? Yeah, when I think of of the the Earth times we've just been through, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, the most massive thing is the Industrial Revolution. I mean, yep. yeah. it's, it's so Earth that you just can't even, I mean, it, it, and yet it undergirds everything. It, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. we are due for a massive change of that kind. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think the problem, once we start talking in, in terms of 200 
240-year time period, um, mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't necessarily see things happening kabam, kabam, kabam. It's much mm-hmm. more a, a huge rolling shift in um, what matters and what doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it will touch everybody because, I mean, you know, the factories come and it altered every singular life on the planet in one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're we're headed for the same sort of thing. And certainly the Internet seems to have altered everything, both for oh, better yeah. and for worse. Um, yeah. And I think we'll... I think we'll be riding on the the back of that technology with a few brand new ones. I think when we come out of this, I think we'll be a little bit closer to Star Trek, <laughs> you know, than, than we were before. And that sounds mm-hmm. huge and crazy, but we've got driverless electrical cars on the horizon. Finally, mm-hmm. you know, the, the far-flung future of 1965 is here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot of um, it, it's a lot to take on, but the flavor will be different. The hard part is the kicking and screaming that comes on yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the luddites yeah. screaming that this is bad, and they weren't necessarily wrong. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. everything's got a positive side and a negative side, and and I I think we will have a lot of kicking and screaming. Um, yeah. As as we move into this new era, well, I mean, ha- yeah. this happening at, on the on the solstice is so fantastic too, because the solstice is a time of reflection traditionally, but in many many different cultures, right? So this is the mm-hmm. whole theme mm-hmm. of this this uh, this conversation is this idea of midwinter magic, but also solstice magic, right? The, the longest night and what you do during the longest night is you recognize that as long as it is, dawn will eventually come, right? And right. that's the key to this is the idea that eventually the sun will rise and change, whether it's the great conjunction or it's a new year or it's the solstice, whatever it is, change is always rocky, but eventually there is a sunrise that comes at the end of it. I know that in, for example, uh, Persian culture, the solstice is, is super important. There's a whole tradition around midwinter activities known as Chela or Shabbat Chela, the night of the solstice in which people get together, they eat pomegranates and watermelon and they light candles and they recite hafiz of poetry to one another. So it's a night of reflection, a night of poetry, a night of keeping the light on and the sweetness on our tongues as we wait for the dawn to approach. Yeah. No. I just have to say, this is this is like, you know, um, at Chinese New Year, people throw out these little strings of firecrackers and they just go mm-hmm. off, bat, 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 bat. This has been a series of firecrackers. We are, we've had um, eclipses. We've had um, Hanukkah, speaking of lights. We are mm-hmm. having um, the solstice, the Grand Conjunction. We're having Christmas and New Year's, and it's just like, it's just like the firecrackers are just keep bang, 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 bang. It's just going off. 
Um, I did want to say something about the sun and in magic because um, a lot mm-hmm, of folks mm-hmm. who listen to this show know about using the moon in magic, and there are two major ways to use the moon. One is by the phase of the moon, and the other is by the sign of the moon. In hoodoo, both methods can be documented going back uh, you know, to the early 20th century. The phases of the moon are the most easily seen without any kind of reference to written material. The signs of the moon are always printed in almanacs. And um, so, you know, those almanacs were distributed in, you know, baking powder boxes or whatever it might be. Everybody could have an almanac and still can. And so the signs of the moon are used in a lot of magic based on the part of the body that they rule. The phases are used for general impulses of growth and decay or um, advance and retreat Mm -hmm. or drawing and removing. But the sun also has its own kind of phases. And the phases of the sun, we are going, the days are getting shorter, 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 then the days will get longer. So the part of the year from the winter solstice to the summer solstice is like a phase of the moon but in that it's the increase of the sun. And it increases um, slowly, and then as it gets to the equinox, it goes very fast, and then it, it's slower again when it gets to the solstice, because solstice means the sun stands still. So relative to where we're looking, the amount of change it becomes slower and slower until it stands still for three days at the winter solstice and at the summer solstice. And so the equinoxes are the real moments of the rapid movement of increase and the rapid movement of decrease. If you are doing spells, magic spells of decrease, you do want to wrap them up now because mm-hmm. the sun is going to start growing again. And um, when you harness the growing sun to the growing moon, in other words, it's kind of like these clock hand spells, you know, you got if you break the year into quarters, you have um, uh, during each month there'll be times when the moon is growing and the sun is growing, right? And then you'll have where the moon is decreasing but the sun is growing. They're at odds with each other. So try to if you have a life that is stable enough, try to time your spells to those mm-hmm. major ideas. Um, spring is when growth happens and uh, um, a waxing moon. During the spring, as the daylight is getting longer and longer, is obviously going to be more powerful for growth than one done at midwinter when the sun is getting less, even though the moon might be growing. But the plants are getting less, you see. So mm-hmm. you want to think about timing on a yearly scale. And I usually only mention this at the solstices. It's just the time when you have to kind of wake up and recognize that the sun has an influence on our magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A reminder that a lot of magic is deeply tied to natural rhythms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that gives us all hope. I've, I've had a lot of hopeless clients these days, um, and yeah. just trying to remind them that time moves on. <laughs> these things mm-hmm. are cyclical. You know. Um, uh, the nights will grow shorter just as they've been growing longer for a while and it's all going to be okay. And, you know, a lot of people come to astrology with, at first with this, oh my gosh, it's all doom and gloom and I'm not sure I want this. But the key is to <laughs> know that doom and gloom come in your life and then they go mm-hmm. again. 
And mm-hmm. you, it takes a while to learn this too shall pass. Um, but for me, astrology is the the guiding principle to to that ever changing nature of emotion and um, circumstance that lets mm. me. Um, a, stay grateful for the good times because I know they will not last forever, but B, hold on through the bad times because they won't mm-hmm. last. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. after the winter solstice comes the spring, you know, the vernal equinox. That's, mm-hmm. that's the, the, the hope of spring after winter. It's a very beautiful uh, concept. And it's not just about the seasons themselves, right? It's about quite literally the division of light, like Miss Cat's talking about, the increase mm-hmm. of day and the shortening of night. That's quite powerful. Knowing how to time your magic around that. That doesn't mean that you need to constantly be doing magic on the solstices and the equinoxes. You don't know <laughs> right. But it is it is useful to start recognizing those patterns in your own life and start recognizing those patterns in your magic. I do encourage clients that even if they're not doing magic, they should be spending time reflecting during a solstice. If you're not an astrologer, you should still consider doing some type of intention setting for the Great Conjunction. This is the cycle for the next 200 years, the next 20 years as well, because there'll be another conjunction, a small conjunction, in 20 years. So set an intention, right? I'm going to you know, get that website going. I'm going to start that business. Launch it tomorrow. Launch it tomorrow. It may be the solstice, but it's also the uh, uh, great conjunction. So it's an opportunity to start thinking about your life, organizing your life, planning your life, and intentions around the actual cycles of the world. And when you can start to tune into that, you're going to manifest some powerful things in your life. So, you know, whether you eat sweet fruits or light some candles or say some prayers or read some poetry or do other things, other cultural things, take advantage of the solstice. Take advantage of the Great Conjunction. Yeah. I'm going to say that, for instance, I'm launching my Patreon um, yep. plans January 1st. That's the secular New Year. And yep. I um, have already observed Hanukkah, then I'm going to observe the solstice. I'm going to observe Christmas. I observe everything I can. You know, more party, more good food, whatever. But um, but I am going to be launching my uh, Patreon uh, with the secular New Year because that is the New Year for bookkeepers. That yep. is the New Year for um, mm-hmm. taxes. And mm-hmm. so there's a, for whatever reason, I don't know why the um, U.S. government decided that January 1st or, uh, you know, it goes back to, I don't know when, they decided January 1st would be the new year. I guess they were waiting for everyone to finish partying for the solstices and Christmas and everything. (laughs) Wake up, time to get back to work. But um, I like the idea of marking that secular new year as well. And there are things that can be done magically. One thing is to balance your books um, in your bank account. And uh, at Lucky Mojo... Every year, January, uh, starting with our first bookkeeper, Susie Bosselman, she would um, spend the whole of December trying to reconcile everything, all those checks that didn't get cashed, all those deliveries that we didn't get, whatever it was, all had to be cleaned up before the end of December. And then on January 1st, she would draw a double line 
and she would say, striking a new balance. If we were off by $30, sometimes she was off by as little as $0.27, she would say, I don't know where the $0.27 is. I'm taking the bank's word for it, and that would be striking a new balance. (laughs) And uh, I recommend that highly, and that's what we do. And that's a magical act. It's like like, um, a cleansing of your books. In at the Chinese New Year, which will come a little later in February, um, it was very common, probably still is, to take out um, handwritten account books and burn them in the streets. At least when I was That's a kid in cool. San Francisco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting the slate yeah, clean. I like that idea. Yeah. Coach Joshua says, I try to enter the new year debt-free, so all bills are paid off before the new year. That's exactly it. All debts are paid, and all uh, missing checks are accounted for, and whatever, it's just done. It's like cleaning house cleaning, but it's cleaning your finances up. I I really recommend it greatly to, of course, I'm a tourist, and I like to talk about finances and deal with finances, because it's kind of a fun game that anyone can play, and all can win, but... um, but I do think that there's magic to be done around it also. The the uh, obvious thing I would recommend is Chinese wash. Um, clean, clean your space with Chinese wash at the new year and get a fresh start. That's a good piece of magic to, to work on. You can also use Van Van oil, which is basically non-soap Chinese wash. They're more or less the same thing. All right. Well, we're going to have Deacon Millet come back and give us a a New Year's magic spell. But I hope that all of you have thought about this. It's happening on so many levels right now. The the years, the months, the eclipses, the the grand conjunction. That's the biggest cycle. All these cycles have been lining up. Um, Stay healthy, folks. Don't get infected, okay? All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to um, Evan Lionheart, and we're going to bring in a client for a reading. Absolutely. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Deacon Millet, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first client. Our first client is Marsha, and Marsha is calling from California. Are you there, Marsha? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Hello. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. I do appreciate uh, you signing up for us, and it appears you've never had a reading with either Miss Cat or Conjurman or our guest. Is that correct? Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and read your situation for our host and our guest. I have been, sorry, uh, Marcia Wright, I have been going through a really difficult time in my personal life since my older sister and mother passed. I'm so sorry. 
My life has gone into a downward spiral after my mom passed, and I'm currently experiencing homelessness since March of this year. I'm having trouble finding stable employment, and I just had to abandon my last temp job due to the shelter I'm staying in going on quarantine. My desire is to attract money, a work-from-home job that doesn't require experience or a college degree, and possibly a wealthy suitor to aid me in getting a more stable environment. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. So um, this is a a very difficult situation. I'm very sorry you're going through it. This is the Mm -hmm. kind of thing that um, we've been uh, talking about. Yeah. Just generally speaking, people are having a lot of trouble with employment, with stability, um, and with a home, homelessness. So I... I definitely hear what's happening with you. I'm going to turn this reading over to Conjurman Ali. Then Deacon will do the uh, next reading, and I will give the root work advice, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh, Marsha, my my heart definitely goes out to you for for your difficulties here. Um, First, uh, a couple questions before I dive in. Um, How old are you, roughly? You're 35. Okay, so you're you're well out of your Saturn return, but it looks like um, some of the experiences might have fallen under that. 2020 in general is a very rough year, so you are experiencing not just whatever is going on in your life, but also what's going on in the in the world around you. Finding a job in the middle of a pandemic, finding you know financial support in the middle of a pandemic is is not easy. So just bear that in mind that you're dealing with some some difficulties right off uh, the bat here. So what I've done is I've actually uh, pulled uh, a few, uh, I've erected what's known as a geomantic chart. And I do these usually, or at least I try to do these uh, before the radio show. And that helps us to see what the trajectory of your life is looking at. Um, And so the very first figure that I have is Tristitia. And Tristitia is a stake that has been driven down into the ground. It traditionally is associated very clearly with the Tower card. And it is an indication of where you are right now. This is a Saturnian sign that speaks to sorrow, that speaks to pain, that speaks to hurt, and that speaks to the inability to move forward. It keeps us bound. It keeps us trapped. And it keeps us in a particular emotional state that is inflexible. The key here is that the triggering events or the events of the loss that you've experienced of your, of your mother and your sister, as horrific as they are, have had a wider consequence for you. That it wasn't just loss emotionally, that it had an impact on your life and the direction that it was going in. Being in the state of tristitia means that you're unable to move forward. You are caught in the sort of veil of sorrow, and that is having a damper on the rest of your life. So part of what's going to be needed here is not just work to draw money, but healing. You need to heal so that you can draw money. It's only when you are in a stronger position, only when you are in a more powerful position, when you've got your feet rooted into the ground, that you'll be able to start to make some real changes. The next figure here, and this represents uh, the the potential for money. So we look here to the second house 
which represents your finances and your wealth, is carcer. And carcer is the prison. It's the lock. It's an indication that your wealth is going to be tied up. Now, there's a way of breaking down the figures. It helps to see how long it's going to last. And it looks like uh, March or April of 2021. So this is several more months. Um, and so we don't see an immediate relief right away, but rather your finances being uh, stuck and trapped and locked up and unable to expand. Why is this so important? Because money is mercurial. Money needs to flow. Money needs to be able to come in and it needs to go out and it needs to grow. It is essential for any form of wealth building. And in this instance, it looks like the money is trickling. It's not going in any which direction. And so there's a stagnation of that. And that needs to be changed. There is hope here. There is hope here, and that is what we see in the judge of the entire figure. And the judge of the entire figure is Fortuna Minor. Fortuna Minor means change can happen, but it will require the intervention of someone outside of yourself. You are going to need help, and you're going to need help from someone other than just what you can do. There's root work advice that we'll give you, but this should be complemented with you reaching out to places like the Crystal Silence League, you reaching out to uh, various organizations that might be helping people in financially precarious positions, uh, people who help with things like food scarcity and whatnot. Fortuna Minor means that change can happen if you learn to reach out to the right people. It will not be radical change at first. It will be slow. And I see that it will be an improvement first and foremost in the amount of money that is available for you. And then and only then, after several months, will it be a change in your immediate living situations. So there is a, this is a little bit of a slow process, much slower than I would like to see here. Um, but uh, be aware that it is possible to improve your circumstances. You're just going to need to rely on a little bit of charitable work, a little bit of generosity, some things to, to kind of lift you up. So finding organizations, working with prayer groups, readings by Evan, uh, says pro bono fund, all of that are things that you can work with or tap into to bring some type of help here. Uh, it's not enough to, to do work on your own. You should be doing that, but you need to bring this outside force in order to help you. And that's going to be the key. When you do that, when you're able to lock in with that ally, and I can tell you this ally is likely going to be either a Sagittarius or a Leo themselves. Uh, so that'll be a little sign for you. Ah, this person is a Leo or this person is a Sagittarius. That should be your giveaway. Uh, that this person can help you and this person will link you to other organizations. So that's what I see here in your geomantic reading. A little bit of a delay, a little bit of a slow movement. Means, but there is hope. There is a light at the end of this tunnel, even if it seems a little bit further away. I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millet, and then I am, I think Miss Cat is going to do your root work advice at the end. Okay. Well, that was amazing. I'm going to pull three cards from my secret bikini oracle deck um, and see what they have to say about the situation here. The first card is cremation ground meditation. This card shows the surface of the moon. It's covered in skulls and bones. Um, and far off in the distance, we can see the earth rising. Um, and this is a card of grief and melancholy. This is not the death card. It's not um, the tower, but it is a card of needing to grieve um, and needing to let things go. 
and that can take time. Um, but it's uh, it's a necessary thing for you to do, um, and you should give it the time that it needs. Um, the second card is Deep End. Um, this card shows a mermaid diving deep into the depths, um, and in in letting go of of these very important people that you're grieving, you're going to have to dive deep. There is there's sorrow way down there, um, so uh, it doesn't surprise me that this isn't easy or fast. Um, but the mermaid symbol is also a symbol of, of adaptation. Um, the mermaid has learned to breathe underwater um, and has adapted to a new situation, and that adaptation will come in time for you. The final card here is cutting through. Um, a great card. It shows a magical rope hanging from the sky, and it's being cut by magical scissors. Um, so this time will come to an end. Um, you will cut through these difficulties. Oftentimes, the cutting through card is about cutting through red tape. Um, if uh, you've had some rejections from bureaucracies or had some situations where paperwork um, was a problem, you just need to go back and address it again. Um, but you will be able to cut through that difficulty in time. Um, I always tell people that the, the role of, of the bureaucrat is often the role of gatekeeper. The first job is to say no. And then anyone who comes back who you haven't managed to get rid of with your initial no, they'll, they'll listen to you a little bit more and give you another chance. Um, so never take a no at, at uh, face value. Um, so that's what the cards are saying here. I wish I had a super lucky card or a super, um, you know, joyous card for you. But uh, these are about slow plotting uh, steps to freeing yourself from this difficult time. The good news is it will happen. Um, and uh, we all wish you well on that. And I'm sure Ms. Kat will have some wonderful advice for you. All right. Well, um, you know, when people come for a reading, um, the reading tells what we see. And we always have the option to exercise our free will. And we always have the option to exercise our magical intentions and to speak our prayers. So these cards and um, and the geomantic oracle were not really telling, you know, like, oh boy, it's all over. And if you were listening to the earlier part of the show, you know that we were talking about this giant stuck horrible energy that's just going to get worse for a while and then it'll get better but we're still in the middle of it and you are being kind of ground beneath the juggernaut here and that's unfortunate so i'm going to give you some um things to do you wanted to work from home job and i think i'm going to focus on that because taking positive steps even if you don't get a work from home job right away taking positive steps toward um, making yourself available to the world, uh, to making yourself um, 
forward-looking, upward-looking is going to be good for you. But don't forget that what was said in the first part of these readings was that you need to do some meditation. The grieving process for your sister and your mother is not yet finalized. It's not over. And and there are some griefs that, you know, they come back, you know, continually in smaller and smaller doses. Um, you know, even 10 years later, you'll sometimes have a feeling about it. So be prepared to learn to deal with that. But let's talk about working from home. Because that is, I cannot teach you how to grieve, but I can teach you how to, to do magic to work from home. So what I'd like you to do is to, um, I presume you have some sort of a computer set up. You won't be able to work from home without something more than a phone. If all you have is a phone, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to work from home because many of the types of jobs require a bit more um, flexibility of the keyboard and the typing and the speed and everything that's going to be a little different. So if you don't have a computer, you might want to um, ask, find some group that gives and rehabilitates old computers and gets you um, some kind of a laptop or desktop computer in addition to having the phone. Then once you have that, and the phone is going to be possibly used as well. For instance, you might be making calls for somebody. I want you to make a list of the kind of companies that you like, products you like and such. You know, I would love to do a customer service for a company that deals in pet food because I love pets. Or I would love to do customer service for a company that deals in... Mm, heaters because I know all about heating and air conditioning. So there's going to be something that you know about and maybe more than one. I hope there's more than one thing that you know about and I want you to look up who has those companies in your vicinity and phone them. Do you need someone to work from home to do customer service? Now they may say we've outsourced it all to India and that's a problem. But some of the smaller companies will not be able to outsource everything to India the way that Amazon and the large companies have. So you can say, listen, I can I can be on call, you know, I can be answering the phone. If you can do chat, uh, you can offer them that possibility too. So first of all, you're going to make a list of the of the um, companies that interest you. Then you're going to have another list, and that's going to be nonprofits that interest you. So nonprofits are are uh, organizations that do not um, work profit for their directors, but all the money is reinvested in the community or in educational or religious programs. So now I want you to make a list of all of the nonprofits around you and wherever you live, and I want you to start calling them as well. Offer your services that you will do customer service that you know how to handle email. You said you don't have a college degree. Well, neither do I. So it's not about the college degree. It's do you have any experience doing these things. Now, when you called us, we had to mute you because there was so much noise in the background. That's going to be a deficit if you have to do uh, phone work. And so you want to be careful that you make sure that you do have a quiet space. If you want to do piecework, and again, I'm going to make another list. We're going to have three lists here. If you want to do piecework, you're going to make a list of places that, you know, back in the day, you know, whatever it's going to be, sewing, repairing, whatever it is that you know how to do, if there is such a thing. Once you've got those lists, I want you to lay them on a table. 
and I want you to put a candle on each one. Um, you can put a big glass candle, but I would prefer a little candle in a stand, something safe, um, a tea light, a birthday candle. Don't have it touch the paper. And I want you to dress those with some money house blessing because you want to work from home and um, money drawing oil and steady work oil. Now, if you sign up for the pro bono fund, you can get those oils for free if you explain that you are indigent. That would be the air pro bono fund. This is a simple spell. You're just going to light these candles that are dressed with these oils. When you call these people to try to apply for jobs, and you're going to have to do a lot of work applying, put a little of the oil, steady work, money drawing, money house blessing, on your fingertips. It's just simple as spell that anyone can do, even if they live in a homeless shelter, halfway house. All you need are those three bottles of oil, which you can get for free from the pro bono fund. Okay? So that's what I um, recommend for you. And I have to say that I, I really hope that um, you know that all goes well. Does anybody else want to add something else? And I tried to keep this really simple. You understand why, because there was a homelessness problem. Yeah, there, there's that like keeping things simple and then linking up with a pro bono fund. The Crystal Silence League is really useful, I think, here as well. Putting in a prayer with the Crystal Silence League, that's going to be the key. Being able to kind of yeah. draw in allies that will help support you and overcome the restriction you have, you know, working from, from a place where you don't have a lot of space to do work or access to a lot of supplies. Yeah. The Crystal Silence League is another thing that's getting a big makeover. I'm not sure of the date, but it'll be in 2021, by the way. The Crystal Silence League is going to have a whole new look and feel. It'll be much easier to use. We're having different coding put in by Evan's wonderful brother, Dom. And so just want to let you know that if you've used the Crystal Silence League before, Look for the new Crystal Silence League in 2021. You're going to love it, um, and I and it'll be really, really uh, good. If you do uh, pray at the Crystal Silence League, um, just put up simple prayers. You know, I'm looking for a job. I need a job, and so forth. I'm concerned that you do find this helper that was mentioned, a Leo or a Sagittarius, a fire sign helper. Um, you can just, you know, try to find out what people's birthdays are. Ask them, hey, what's your sign, man? You know, um, that person will be a guide to help you. I don't see, unfortunately, this resolving until spring and maybe, you know, later. I mean, this is you, you're in the middle of a difficult time. Sorry to tell you that, but um, the Crystal Silence they will support you. The Pro Bono Fund will support you, and you can also get a free reading from the pro bono fund if you want a more personal reading. So hook into our resources and get get what you can get and um, get people praying for you and get people helping you. And I wish you all the best. All righty. Wishing you the best. You're in our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks my heart to hear these calls, and believe me, you're not the only one. That's for sure. All right. Let's go to our next right. call. Perfect. Excellent readings and advice. Thank you for trusting us with your situation, Marsha. Before we go to our next reading, did you know you can find free spell work tips and recommendations from bona fide readers and root workers? Get the answers and advice you need to many of your conjure questions. 
Visit forum.luckymojo.com. Now, let's talk to our second client, Chrissy, who's calling from area code 224 in Illinois. Chrissy, are you there? I am here. Ah, perfect. Thank you Hello? so much for giving us a call okay. today. Hi, can you hear me? <laughs> All right, yes, perfect. I, can. I think I we have a slight for delay. I was like, I've been on the phone for an hour. Now it's going to cut off. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. We got you now. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, now, you've indicated that you've spoken to our host and have had a reading on the situation as of November 15th of this year. Is that right? That was a different situation, but yes, that was the last time oh, I had a okay. reading. I see. Okay, perfect. I'm going to read this new synopsis for our host. Just bear with me one moment. I'm, uh, Chrissy writes, I'm interested in a friend who has had, quote, no romantic feelings for me at this time, quote, but had a reading with a friend who said there's potential there. The man in question decided it might be best for us to have some, to have some space after we had a falling out about our feelings. I'm doing healing and reconciliation candles tomorrow. He is aware of the plan. He is an energy healer and knows I do root work. I'm looking to see if the healing work will be beneficial and we can continue as friends regardless of any other love work I do. I'm primarily looking for root work advice. Thanks. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Um, and Contraband Ali says, is this a different guy than she asked about last time? And Doc Murphy says, different yeah. guy. So I do want to get a confirmation. Different guy. Okay. So let, guy. remind me then, what is your sign of the zodiac, Chrissy? I'm a Leo, and the person in question is an Aries. Okay. Well, that's very good for friendship. You know, they're both um, fire signs. And um, I'm going to um, do the first reading here. Deacon Millet will do the second reading, and Ollie will give you the root work, okay? Okay. So um, what I'm going to do here, I know you're primarily looking for root work advice, but the question is, is this worth trying to do reconciliation work and healing work on um, is this person even amenable to it okay so um, card number one is not a very good indicator for success now I know you said you had a reading with a friend and they said there was potential um, and I don't encourage people to jump from reader to reader to reader trying to get a consensus um, I'm just saying what I see, okay? The first card I see is the Six of Swords. And this is a man who is um, pushing a woman and her child away on a boat across the river, rowing her away. The boat has swords in it, which are difficulties, could be quarrels, could be illness, could be sadness. And he's rowing her across the river. He's then going to go back home with all the swords. She's going to have a new life across the river. So I'm not seeing that this is worth clinging to beyond the point of ending on a good note. Goodbye. Thank you for rowing me across the river. I'll catch you down the road somewhere. Because this car really says that when you let it all go and, you know, this person goes back, the the problems are his problems. He's the he's the guy rolling around with six swords in his boat, not you. You end up on a nice little um, bank with some pretty trees and little meadows, and you build a cabin, and you're fine. Okay, so that's card number one. It's a card that many people don't want to see because they think, but if I just keep on fighting for this, if I just keep on working, surely it'll all come out. 
It might not. I, I'm just saying it might not. And it's probably because there's some inner depression or anger, sadness, um, grief, suffering, disease, or something. I got, you know, you got six choices here, six words that's wrong with him. And, you know, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Sometimes the answer is no. You know, the answer is no. Now, yeah. you could, you can do the healing and reconciliation work, but I don't see that you're going to get a lot of success off of it. The next card I have I here... I just finished it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you just finished it. Okay, great. All right, well, you did it. Um, but I don't see... I see what the best thing it's going to do is to release you. The okay. next card is a is a card of children, and this is a it is children playing. So we have the six of swords. Now we have the six of cups, and so here we have some children playing. We call them the psychic children. They're they're playing in a little courtyard. Um, I would say that there is something between the two of you that partakes of a connection. You know, maybe not genetic, but a sort of spiritual genetic connection. You may be able to have some sort of telepathic link. You may be able to share some good times when you're in a nice, safe, protected environment. However, the children grow up, and they will leave, and they will go their separate ways. But you'll always have this moment, and you'll always be able to kind of dial him in. There are jasmine flowers in this little courtyard which stand for psychic connections, uh, dreams, but it really is not a card about having a life together. It's a card of just looking at this as something that happened, that something is, is good. In the relationship between you, there it could be better as a brother-sister relationship than as a husband-wife or boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. And the third card is um, a card of traveling onward. It's called the Page of Wands. And this shows a, a young princess, adventurous young girl, or you could call it a young boy if you want to, um, uh, walking into the future, happy, confident, a feather in the cap, uh, with a measuring rod or staff, a walking stick, which is also a surveyor's rod, walking through ancient Egypt, discovering new old things, very positive card. You will walk on, and you you will find something new and different. So that's what I see. Um, now, uh, um, let's see what Deacon Millet has to say. Okay. I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. I'm going to pull three cards from my secret bikini oracle deck. The first card here is just passing through. And this card shows a wing against the sky as a bird flies on. Um, and this is the card of impermanence. So this is not a relationship to to build your life around. Um, of course, I can also read this card as the situation is impermanent. So there, some people would want to see hope in this card. Um, but things are things are moving here. The second card is survival. This card shows a factory spewing out pollution 
and there is one small plant struggling to survive in the foreground. It's a uh, rocky um, landscape, uh, very barren. And um, this card says that the friendship will survive, um, but there's something polluted about it. Um, and uh, it's probably not ever going to be a healthy love relationship. Um, if uh, I know your your reconciliation work is already finished, you, you would maybe consider love uncrossing more dead. Um, the third card here, though, is serpent power. And serpent power shows a cobra striking and a lightning bolt striking. It is a card of suddenness, of, of powerful action. Um, and this card says to me that if you don't see results by year's end from your reconciliation work, that it may be time to do some new love work because um, the time is the time is right for there to be a big change up in your love life. Um, so I wouldn't want to see you waste too much time stuck on someone uh, when this card says it, once you let go, the the spot in your heart that he currently is filling is going to um, find someone wonderful to take his place. So um, rough situation. I I hope that the, the work you've done bears fruit, but um, if it doesn't, take that as your sign to, to move on. All right. Well, I just realized what I set us up for, and I can't believe I did that, Conjurman. Um, because I know where this is going to go. <laughs> it's going to be Conjurman Ollie's famous love uncrossing bath. You did. You, you hoodoo psychics, both of you. Hoodoo psychics. You are too. You are. You are both a hundred percent right because that is the exact first uh, prescription that I'm going to give here. I've given it before a million times, and I'm going to give it yet again because I really think it's ideal for this situation to to heal the heart, uncross this love situation, and also kind of open you up for something new. And the reason we're going to start with this, in addition to the fact that I just love this bath, is that this is if I'm if I'm reading this correctly and understanding, this is kind of the second time you've asked us about a guy, a different guy. But the, the last reading was also roughly around, around similar kind of themes. So there is this idea that you pursuing men that may not be available or pursuing men who bring hurt into your life, this, you want to bring some awareness and healing to that. And so what I want you to do is get some rue and violet leaves and brew them into a tea. Pour yourself, draw yourself a wonderful warm bath. Pour in this tea. Add in some milk. Add some honey and then cover it with some rose petals. Swirl it around so the honey doesn't just kind of fall to the bottom. Swirl it around. This is a fantastic bath. It's great for the skin. It's great for the heart. It's great for the soul. Allow yourself to soak in this bath. Do it for three days starting on a Monday. Repeating it before you go to bed. 
You're going to brew the tea again of the rue and the violet leaves, pouring it into the bath, adding your milk, adding your honey, adding the roses, and letting yourself soak. This is also a great thing that I've done is add a couple drops of condition oil. If you want to add just a couple drops of love me oil or add a couple drops of come to me oil or reconciliation oil, it'd be great here. It adds a scent to it that's really great, and it you know you smell great afterwards for a little while. So this you can add a couple condition oils. I generally recommend people to smell them. So maybe get a few of those oils and smell them and see which one you're like, this is what I want to smell with or smell like as I go to bed. Okay. So add a couple drops, three days, starting on a Monday, let yourself heal. Let all the hurt go into this bath. Then on the Sunday following after this bath, I want you to take three bay leaves and three candles. You're going to take the candle Dress it with clarity oil, light it, then get yourself some incense uh, charcoal or hookah charcoal or whatever they're called. Light that. You can use the candles very carefully, holding it in tongs, lighting the instant charcoal. Place it in a sensor or thurible or a heat-proof dish. Take your first bay leaf, crumple it up, and sprinkle it on to the uh, charcoal and by light of the candle and by the smoke of the incense, I want you to write down what you are looking for out of love. What do you want out of a relationship? This can be specific about a partner. You can say, I want a partner who does this, who, who's well financially well off, who makes me happy. Or it can be more about the relationship itself. I want a happy relationship. I want a fulfilling relationship. I want to be with someone who's going to give me all of their attention. I'm going to be with someone who's confident in their love and attraction towards me. No hesitation, no doubt, no questioning, none of that. You want to put positive, uh, you know, a, a description of what you are looking for. Write this down. Make it as detailed as you want. Let the candle burn down. Then repeat the process just, on the next day. Oh, let me let me finish. On the next day, you want to repeat this process. You're going to light the candle again. You're going to burn your charcoal sprinkle the second bay leaf and now you're going to revise the list you're going to remove superfluous characteristics things that may not be important on second glance you're going to reduce it down to a core repeat it again on the third day the third day light another candle with clarity oil with the third and final bay leaf that you are going to burn on that charcoal and by light of that candle and by smoke of that incense you're going to finalize your list finalize your list then once it's done you've got the perfect list the essence of what you want out of relationships out of partnerships etc you're going to place two rose petals into this list fold it up and place it under your pillow or under your mattress. Then, once someone comes into your life that you're like, this is the guy, or this is the person, or maybe this is the person, you take out that list and you check it. Do they live up to it? And if they do, that list will become the starting point for any type of love magic that you will do, whether you create a mojo bag or you do lodestone work or candle work, that list will be the starting point. But for now, we want to clarify that. Let's make sure you find the perfect person and keep that under your bed or under your pillow to draw them into your life from wherever they are or to draw those qualities of a relationship, whether it's a fulfilling relationship, a, you know, a sexually gratifying relationship, whatever it is, that list is going to manifest that for you. But some element of clarity is needed as 
these steps along the way. So two-part working here, starting first to heal the heart, to heal the soul, to uncross love, then a little bit of clarity work, and then once the clarity is over, that will then open the door for future love work, and that will be up to you, whether someone arrives into your life or uh, you want to start to do uh, attraction work. That's my recommendation. Let's see if Ms. Kat and Deacon Millet have anything further to add. Well, I have a question on behalf of the client because I, I didn't quite hear it, and I'm not sure I didn't write it in any case. The first list, do you burn it on the charcoal when you're done, or do you no, keep no, no, it? You when, what do you do with those extra lists? Great. So when you revise the list, so what you do is you cross out, et cetera, this is, I don't, I don't need this, this isn't as important. You also consolidate. You go, rather than I wrote down that he needs to make six figures and he's got, he's generous, you might combine he's uh, financially well off and whatnot. You then take the list that's been worked on, you fold it up, and you burn it into the candle and mix it into the ash of the incense. Once it's all done, you bury the wax in your front yard and you take the ash of the uh, leftover or the uh, uh, revised list, the old list and the uh, bay leaves, and you scatter it at the four corners of a crossroad. Okay. Got it. I knew there was something in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really great way to work because that's what some people call triple refined. It's been triple mm-hmm. refined. Yep. And um, uh, so um, burn the first list when you finish the second list. Burn the second list when you finish the third list. That's what we're talking about. And then uh, grind those ashes into the incense um, ash and then scatter the third, you know, scatter them at the. Uh, the remnants at a crossroads. Okay. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, I I hope that you take this to heart. It's sometimes difficult to trust and have faith that clinging to the one you're with now will mm-hmm. not serve you as well as looking for someone else. It, it and that's what I we're agree. really I seeing. Agree. Yeah. And I'm going to just um, talk a little bit about the time of COVID and the uh, despairing love spells. I just want to give a a moment here to this. I've had so many clients, and I know that Deacon Millet has, and I know that uh, Contraband has, and I know that Deacon Millet has because some of them are coming to me, and they're also burning candles at four altars, and they're burning candles at Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, and they're trying to get anything going they can with anyone they can, and nothing's shaken but the leaves on the trees. It's really bad. And so I I have a lot of sympathy for folks looking for love in this particular time. It's our, our previous client who was experiencing homelessness and was at, at one end of this equation. The other end is that love portion. It's really been a, a dark, dark, dark time. And um, keep your keep your cheer up, you know. Um, I will meet you. I will greet you when the roses come again. It, it's going to happen. Mm. It's going to take some time. I just love the Memphis Drug Band. I just got to say, did you all get that? That was just such cool music. <laughs> and we hear it every every week, and it's so fucking great, okay? So... The Memphis Jug Band, 
Okay? All right, now it's time for our network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Deacon Millet of fouraltars.com in California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Well, thank you guys very much. I just want to. Um talk about Hoodoo Foods for a little bit. Um, you can buy the book Hoodoo Foods at Lucky Mojo or Amazon. You can probably have it in your hands before New Year's Eve. Um, and uh, I'm going to share a recipe from that and um, also point you to several other ones. Um, <clears throat> there are several recipes for Hoppin' John. Um, in Hoodoo Foods, um, and the the key to Hoppin' John is that it is uh, bacon, black-eyed peas, and rice. And there are a gazillion ways to play with it and to, to pump it up, but um, those are the three essential ingredients. You can use red beans. I'm from Texas where it's black-eyed peas. You've got to have at least a spoonful of black-eyed peas on New Year's Day, or um, you're just not going to have good luck during the year. Um, the second thing that's important is the is cornbread, um, the gold of cornbread, um, and uh, some sweetness to cornbread is just a, a basic part of a southern New Year's feast. Um, the key for me, I'm a Jiffy Cornbread Mix guy. <laughs> um, I, I'm a big believer. But the main trick to getting good cornbread out of Jiffy Cornbread box of mix is make some bacon in a cast iron skillet. Then you pull those pieces of bacon out, and you can keep those for your Hoppin' John. Um, but you pour your batter straight into the hot grease, and then you pop that cast iron skillet immediately into your preheated oven. And that's the combination that makes incredible cornbread. Adding a little bit of corn to it, adding some jalapenos to it, that's also great. But if you make it in a cast iron skillet with some baking grease, you can't go wrong. The, the third thing I want to share with you is the, the third part of this triumvirate is collard greens. Um, and I'm going to share the money uncrossing collard greens um, that I shared in the Hoodoo Foods book. Um, so here are your ingredients. You want one bunch of collard greens that you've rinsed and trimmed, and the collard greens represent money. 
and you want a quart of chicken or vegetable broth, which represents substance, okay? Then one red onion chopped for love and luck, four cloves of garlic minced, and that's to expel live things in you, which could be a whole other show. Um, one, one ginger root braided to turn back evil magic. One teaspoon kosher salt to remove jinxes. And one teaspoon black pepper to cast off evil. And then because I want more kick to my collards, two teaspoons of ginger powder to speed things up and two teaspoons of garlic powder for protection. And I do all of this in a crock pot because I like the, the added warmth in my kitchen this time of year, and I like the not having to do much, and it just happens over the course of the day. So I combine all those ingredients in the crock pot, and I cook it on low all day. I'll taste it a couple of times and you know, uh, play with it until it's perfect. One thing that people who make this recipe kind of get uh, weirded out by is how liquid it is. You'll want to to separate your collards from your broth at the end before you serve it. And that broth can be used as soup stock for a whole nother meal. So money on crossing collard greens because this year has had us all crossed up. Some <laughs> um, good cornbread and some Hoppin' John for luck, and uh, I hope that that will start your year off right. And I'm sure that we can share other um, spell work for New Year's um, and uh, lucky traditions with uh, Miss Cat and Conjurement. I got to say one thing. I like this recipe for collards because it is uh, it can be kosher. In other words, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have ham hocks in it. And so um, observant Jews and observant Muslims can eat it. Now, uh, being Jewish doesn't always mean being observant. And I, I'm actually a ham hocks in my collard green person. But, you know, <laughs> but then there's that part where I have to go. I mean, I'll eat it at anybody's house. Invite me over after the COVID, you know, I'll, but, but, you know, I've never actually gone out and bought ham hocks and made it myself with ham hocks. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> um, that's and how Jewish hard. I am. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to find collard recipes that don't involve pork. Um, mm-hmm. It's true. That's, that's a very traditional way of mm-hmm. making collard. Yeah. Yeah. All the luck in this one, and all that ginger. Now that's a that's fabulous too. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, also in Hoodoo Foods, there's a really neat recipe which I don't think we have time to maybe grab and put in, but it's a corn fritters recipe that has um, a corn in it as well as um, cornmeal to make the fritter batter. A wonderful. I've had those. Um, an absolutely remarkable lucky coin uh, for the new year because you make the little fritters like little silver dollar pancakes. They're just great. Taste wonderful. Um, All of these New Year's foods, and there are so many of them, um, Hoodoo Hoodoo Food, the book Hoodoo Food, has a whole section on these New Year's foods. And then, of course, there are other things that are done for the new year, such as um, 
uh, bringing coal to the house from somebody's fire that's going. It's sometimes called the need fire or the the coal that's brought. Sometimes nowadays people just bring a lump of coal. They don't bother lighting it like a charcoal tablet or just a lump of coal. And um, then, of course, the alcohol. And um, mm. alcohol is, you know, is is one of the things <laughs> so, that you have at, at the New Year. Right? All right. Well, I hear that beautiful music. And so we're going to let um, Evan uh, give us some announcements. And then I think at the end we're going to have uh, Countryman who's going to come back and make some announcements. He promised me he would. Will you be doing that, hon? Sounds good. Okay. Let's take it away with Evan. You got it. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high deserts of California for being our guest this week. As we take time to celebrate the holidays, we invite you to join us January 10th when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Ms. Michael of FoodooFoundry.com in Willis, California, bringing us the topic of turning curses into blessings. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Evan. All right. Take it away, Conjurman. Thank you both. So starting next year, once a month, we'll have a special divination power hour showcasing some of the kind of coolest methods to tell the future. We're actually going to set up an email along the forum where you can send in your photos for psychometry readings, your birth details for astrology readings. We're going to do geomancy. Our guests will showcase their own forms of unique divination from candle readings, bone readings, to scrying, bibliomancy. The wide world of divination is open and we are going to be diving in. You'll have a chance to see these special styles up close and get free readings. So look forward to it. Thank you. And that's next year after our holiday break. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.